You're listening to You Don't Know Nick, the podcast, a podcast that explores the generational differences from Zoomers to Boomers as it relates to what's going on today. Enjoy. Hi, Nick. I missed you. Hi, Jess. It's been so long. (laughs) It's been so long. And last time we tried to do this, your internet was like horrible and... Come on. Let's leave my internet out of this, please. (laughs) I guess what I want to illustrate more than anything is the amount of work that you put into being here when you can be. It really means a lot to me. Oh, are you being sarcastic? I'm not being sarcastic. It feels like I was like, she's not being sarcastic, but it seems like she is being sarcastic. Yes, you read that right. I -hmm. you you read it right. I I can see how you might be confused, and I use. I think I'm so afraid to be vulnerable that I'm making light of the situation as well i just i missed i missed this last this last week it was very nice it was not not nice to be it wasn't nice to be without you it's nice doing this Mm -hmm. well look i missed it too it just uh it was one heck of a week yeah yeah and and i'm excited that it was one heck of a week um and and next week is you know the christmas season so this is going to be our last 2021 episode of You Don't Know Nick. Last 2021. It'll be 2022 the next time we do this. It's exciting. That's exciting. Very exciting. So I think we're we're going to talk about what this year and being a Gen Xer slash Xennial slash Millennial was like for us. How does that sound? Sounds great. You know what I mean? Because I didn't prepare anything, so I thought we would just talk about things we've already talked about. <laughs> I'm sure we'll, we'll find some new things. Yeah, I, I, I know we will, but uh, what a good opportunity to talk. You know, I, I think someone was saying like around episode 30 is when people start to hit their stride in podcasts. Oh, so we're striding. Are we at 30? We're at 29. Oh, not quite there yet. We're so cl- I mean, if you throw in the deep dives we've done, then we're at 30. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to stick with 29 for now. I'm going to put those aside. I don't think anyone's doing it like we are. I think think we're doing a – I think we do a good show. (laughs) I really do. (laughs) I really think it's interesting. I think it's fun. Um, I only – I only – did I tell you? I told you my spiritual advisor said keep doing it. There's big things coming. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, I should talk to the spiritual advisor, get some – some counsel. What else did the, what else did he or she tell you? Are they that I need to be able to receive? That it's a time for me to be uh, receiving, mm. um, as opposed mm-hmm. to you know pushing away or trying to make things happen. Um, and it's he, it's a he for rec- mm-hmm. for the record. And um, and we kind of went down the list of a few projects I've been working on in 2021, which was a strong prolific year for me. So it just kind of. Kind of helped me put some things to like mental rest, other things to mental ease, and that's pretty. It was pretty nice to to do that. Well, now, did is there anything that this spiritual advisor told you to get rid of? Yeah, so he only gave me initials, but he said N M. <laughs> <laughs> I keep on saying huh. the initials N M repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Neiman uh, Marcus? Stop yes. shopping at Neiman Marcus? Um. I'm wasting too much. I don't have enough income to go to Neiman Marcus. <laughs> um, yeah, I think one of the things we talked about was uh, get ridding, getting rid of like insecurity that I'm not what I'm supposed to be. And like if people don't want to work with, with me because of my personality, then that's not the people I want to work with, essentially. Mm. Mm. Um so like it was more like, you know, I, I didn't realize I was experiencing self-doubt in that way because it's a fine line, especially when you have a public facing life. It's a fine line between, at least this is the struggle I have, fine line between is this how I want to present? Am I presenting authentically? And and I'm getting, am I getting the right amount of opportunities because I'm pre- how I'm being presented? Does mm-hmm. that, does that make sense? Oh, sure. Yeah. I've, you know, as an actor, feel a lot of that myself. We, but but if you don't have like a YouTube channel or something like that, you you might just like curate your Instagram. Yes, I'm not saying that you don't understand, but I am saying like you know we also shouldn't tweet about not liking McDonald's or something like that because if we go out on a commercial and they search your name and McDonald's, they'll see that tweet. So like we have to be thoughtful in that way. Look, I just want to clarify um, <laughs> my McDonald's thing. Uh huh. I just want you to know that I had my first quarter pounder with cheese uh, the other day. Ever? Ever? Not ever. In the last... 10 20, years. 20 years. Wow. It was good. <laughs> I, I hate how good they are. <laughs> it was good. Did it the make fries? you sick? No. Great. No. I know, you know, I needed... I needed um, a drive-through emergency food mm. situation for mm-hmm. my daughter, and and it was there, mm-hmm. and there was nothing else, and so that was it. I was like, "Well, let's do this." Uh, and my love, my, my daughter loves a cheeseburger, Ooh. and she and apparently she loves it exactly the way you know McDonald's makes it. You know, just ketchup, mustard, pickle, cheese, and that's it. I guess they put. Maybe they put onions. Little they onion have dehydrated pieces. onions, but kids would never know. Yeah, she doesn't know. Children don't know what that is. She loves that. She loves. That's exactly what she wants. She wants pickles on her burger, on her cheeseburger, and we just chowed. Oh, that sounds. I don't, I don't so good. No, how could you? How could you in that moment? Like the only thing I'm sad is for me. Like, is I can't drive through and have. I love hamburger happy meals <laughs> i would get a hamburger happy meal every time you saw me before i performed i probably have eaten a hamburger happy meal it's the perfect amount of food and just enough sustenance sustenance so that i won't throw up on stage you know what i mean <laughs> that's your pre-show that's your pre-show go-to every single time i performed even it's, it started i think it started around when i was like doing gigs and like band stuff uh and for some reason you know how you just if you're in your head about i used to get so nervous about performing i would forget to eat or preparing or whatever or just trying to sleep so i wasn't so nervous and then by the time i'm heading to the fucking venue i don't have any food in my system (laughs) yeah and and that that does the job does the trick i get it you don't want to overeat i've been there the last thing you want is like a bowl of pasta before you go on stage so Why would you do that to yourself? There was a time at Impro where my dinner was um, a Coca-Cola, two bags of potato chips, and a Snickers bar throughout the night. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's about as far as nutrients went at that at that snack shop. 
Well, there's there's a there's a show that Impro does down in San Diego, and it's it's you 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 drive down in the afternoon, you rehearse, and then you um, have dinner, and then you do the show. This is North Coast Rep, right? North Coast Rep, yes, one of yeah. The, yeah, and right there, we always go to like. I think it's an Italian restaurant. Well, they definitely have pizza and pasta. And it's just, it's a trap. You just got to be careful. You got to be careful what you eat before you go on stage. Because it could, it could, you could tank the show. You would be the fat Uncle Saul in every episode. Because you'd be like, hey, I just had a bunch of pasta. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to sit over here. Don't mind me. (laughs) Now, the fact that sounds like a perfect positivity oh sure yeah. yeah but after the fact you're usually trying to get your ass back to los angeles so yeah it's, especially if you're in san san, san diego san diego mm-hmm. uh i lost you i lost your attention no you didn't lose my attention okay your eyes no. are floating no i'm moving some windows on my computer around it doesn't mean I'm not listening. I am a child of abandonment, Nick. You need to... (laughs) That's not true. Actually, maybe it might be true. But yes, so since not becoming a... Since no no longer eating meat, McDonald's took took the dive on that because I think even like their French fries are questionable as to like what kind of product they put in it. Like there's like milk powder in it. And if you're trying to avoid milk, that's like not the way to go. Mm. Um, But there is a vegan restaurant in LA somewhere. I I think it's just a exists for postmates restaurant um might it might have a brick and mortar place but i'm not sure uh that does that does big macs does chicken mcnuggets and does fries just as well as you would want them to be if they were if they were a vegan it's it's been a real good experience for me <laughs> that sounds amazing i it's listen first of all the chicken mcnuggets there's not like you're gonna miss it being chicken if it's not chicken like, yeah, because they're not they're not chicken already. Pretty much, right? So they just get it right. And then like the Big Mac, we know we're not eating a Big Mac. No one's that dumb. But as far as like replacing the like the experience, pretty mama mama's pretty happy when she orders that. <laughs> <laughs> now look, I often refer to myself as daddy as a joke. <laughs> I've never met somebody who refers to themselves as mama so until now. I- so then you may not read enough of our posts on Twitter. Our intern Jessica refers to us as podcast mommy and daddy. Oh, it does? <laughs> Occasionally. Occasionally. More on our Patreon than than on, online, but I've it, does, really, it does happen. I've really fallen off the map of my social t- media usage. My, my, you know, I was, I was hitting peak Twitter levels like, you know, two months ago. You know, I would like respond to somebody. I would like... <laughs> retweet something that you sent and maybe quote tweet it once or twice here or there. God, those were the days. To be to be H, to be to be F. I don't think I have been posting as much as I had. So like last couple months I've been taking a breather on most of the stuff. Anyway, so you're not getting tagged as often anyway. Oh, that's, that's it's, it's it's actually it's Jessica's fault. It's not, it's not me. It's Jessica's fault. Because my only t- Twitter engagement is through you. <laughs> this apparently. is true. I I know it is. Look at your Facebook right now and how many things in 2021 had to do with me. <laughs> it's, it's 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 unseemly. <laughs> <laughs> It's true though. <laughs> um do you 
That's interesting, though, since like the first day we've done this podcast to today, you know, one of the first things we did talk about with you was your lack of social media uh, engagement in general. And I do Mm -hmm. think, I think less than you being a little bit older than me being a factor, I think it's just not an important thing to you in general. Would you, wouldn't you say that's true? It's very true. I don't, I don't know why. It's not that I necessarily have a block, although there might be a bit of a block. I just don't enjoy posting. I yeah. just don't enjoy putting that out. I just don't enjoy putting myself out there in that way. Um, do you feel, like scrolling through other people's stuff? Or I, is- do. I do. I will. I like, you know, I do look at other stuff. So I guess I'm a bit more of a voyeur. Um, I don't know what it is. I have Maybe I should go get a spiritual advisor or, or a shrink to figure out oh, what it is. Oh, I guess, I guess that's what I'm saying is that it's actually – that's not a bad thing that that's that that's your relationship with it. No, no, I don't necessarily think it's well, I don't think it's a bad thing though. I think as an actor, I mean, I probably should engage more. I just I don't really find like I just don't find it being an enjoyable use of my time. Yeah. Um, but I also don't really enjoy taking pictures. I mean, I regret it later. I'm like, I wish I had that picture of that, but I think I've always been I think I maybe I've said this before. I've always ascribed to that 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 old wives tale that uh uh you know pictures steal your steal soul. your soul mm-hmm. and there's a little bit of like i just want to be in a moment i don't want to take a picture of it but i know it's important especially now that i have a kid like he's got to do it um so so that's the other thing you know th- so that's coupled in there too um now i just had a like last week i as you know but others may not i directed my first short film yay yeah it's very exciting and like you know this is a long time coming for me and something that i want to continue doing um and the actor writer that i worked with i noticed he posted on facebook you know like hey we just wrapped and posted pics and i was like oh yeah i should probably do that people should know that i just directed something they should like start thinking of me thinking of me that way right i just and i just haven't had the strength to do it yet <laughs> <laughs> it's like what picture I gotta, I gotta put some words to it and you know um but i feel like so i'm in that mode of like where i'm i literally right at this moment like God, i really should do that like it's really important like there's a lot of people that i know especially on instagram who would see it and go oh shit nick, nick directed something that's great and they would clock it and they would they would add that to their sort of yeah. list of how they view me or you know but, um, man, we'll see. We'll see if I can get that done. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't blame you for that being your relationship because I would say, even though I am online as much as I am, my penchant is also towards not taking pictures, uh, going out. You know, I, like I think the let's do selfies with friends at the bar, Jessica died like five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm – glad she's dead because because <laughs> similarly i do think it takes away from the moment of just being there to some extent uh it when instead we're like mm, let's take pictures oh wait i don't like that one okay let's do this again and wait i can i just have a different face but you're not wrong that when someone else thinks of doing it it's nice to have something to post and it's nice to have an easy memory and and it's probably not easily 
and directly quantifiable, but I know that if I post a little bit about what I'm doing or the projects that I'm doing, more than likely I'll get a job sooner or later because of it. Like, or someone will remember that I do voiceover. Someone will remember that I play board games, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I, I mean, there was one acting job that I did that, like, it was kind of like they weren't auditioning for it. It was like one friend asking another friend, hey, do you know anybody who yada yada can do this? Um, and that person said, yeah, said my name. And so what that, so what the person did to figure out who I was, they went to my Instagram page and I was like, oh shit, what's there? What are they looking at? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, now they invent, you know, they, you know, they, I ended up getting the job or whatever, cause it was more for them based on like what I looked like if they could, if I looked like what they wanted, cause they had, yeah. the val- they had the validation that I could act from my friend, but. So, yeah, and I was like, oh, shit, that's important. Fuck, I got to do that. Um, you know, then I did another job where I got cast, and the the hair person went on my Instagram to see, like, oh, what is this hair like? And I was like, fuck, yeah, I should have different I should have different shots of what I look like on Instagram. And she goes, yeah, I'm going to go with this one picture I found of you. I was like, oh, shit, you <laughs> You looked at that. Oh f- no! Good thing you found something you could use because there's really not, there's really not a lot there. <laughs> well, you're photogenic. You you're fun to be around. You should. I, I don't. I. You will take pictures just fine, despite your soul being sucked from you. I totally get it. Um, I I once read, and I think I have shared this too, when you shared your your issues with it. But they they say that you're more likely to remember an event you were at if you're like not trying to take pictures the whole time. Mm. And I do put that into practice when I'm out with friends. I, you know, I put my phone away, um, try not to take pictures, but sometimes it's nice to just take a picture and get it done with also. And then like, then your phone goes away. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I also don't want to encourage you to do something that's not natural to you. Cause this, the time you're saving, not looking to see how many people liked your photo, you could be putting into something else for your career. It's true. It's true. But there, there, there is that fine line of like, if you're doing it right, like that could have been, that could be useful time. Like where I'm at, actually where I'm at in my career, that actually could be useful time if I started to like engage with certain people on Instagram, like people who I know who are professional and they're doing their thing in the world who are active on Instagram. Right. If I engaged in them a little bit more, because when I do post a pic, you know, they'll like it or they'll comment. I'm like, oh, well, now I know that that person has seen this or engaged with this. Uh, And there's totally some value. There's totally some value there. Um, You know, because I I don't get as... (laughs) don't get so many likes that I can't actually go through it, right? And see like, well, well, that person did. I can only imagine, you know, I have some friends who have millions of followers. It's like, well, they have no, I mean, I don't know what that's, what that must be like. I mean, like, how do you even, and they, they sometimes would respond to people. I'm like, well, how do you even go through the hundreds of thousands of likes and, and comments you've gotten? To even know what to respond to or to do, you know. So I look at that. So there is – so there's a thing um, with Twitter. If you are verified, you can choose to only see verified comments. Oh, interesting. So you can sift through it more quickly and I can see how 
professionally that might uh what's the word i'm for, blah, blah. You, just make, you know something about exactly the opposite of what i'm doing right now um expedite expedite the you know just trying to see who likes it i i also think that par- partially the trap of social media is even if when you've gotten to 50,000 and above and long, you know, 50, you're getting 50,000 likes a, vid- a picture or a video, whatever. You're kind of like really interested how many people are liking it and who is it? And, you know, I get a hundred likes on a vid- on a picture and I still kind of scroll through to see, oh, did Richie like this one? You know, um, you're kind of like looking for something in particular. Um, I would say if I, if I'm, by the time I become famous, if I'm in a relationship, and I swear to God, if I'm in a relationship, I am paying someone to do my social media and I will never look at it again. Because <laughs> sometimes I'll see who likes my posts or follows me and I'm like, all right, you have one chance, buddy. We're going to look at your, follow, your your group. Of, let's look at your page. See if you're somewhat attractive. <laughs> but, and, and, you know, because it's interesting. I don't know. Sure. So, sure. I get it. You want, I want to see who I attract or why people are interested in me you know sometimes sometimes you gotta i think you i mean i would imagine you'd have to be careful as as a girl on social media about who's commenting or no you don't experience that no no you totally do i mean i've gotten my fair share of um direct messages where it's like are you looking for money (laughs) are you comfortable with a sex money transaction <laughs> um that will happen um and there are a couple of people's accounts who i've had to restrict i mean i get a lot of those too but you know. no i know but they're asking you to be the daddy <laughs> uh but that's just because your account is still up on sugar.com so um i mean you when we first started you don't know nick we had nick stands we did jo- like join our facebook and stuff you have fans Oh yeah, you. I'm not kidding. I'm not just trying to, you know, pull yank your chain or whatever. Okay, well, how do People I like how the do, masseuse how we, special? How do we engage with? Them? How do we get our our intern to make this more, you know what I mean, <laughs> interactive? I mean, I whenever we post something on Facebook, they may or may not like it. You know who's our most active liker on Facebook? You can't guess. Maybe you I can. Do, I do know. You do know. It's got to be Sammy. Sammy <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know he was so active. How is he? No, it's because he's seeing it. Like, because he's already engaged with us enough. He's seeing it. You know, if I was smarter with social media or actually not smarter, I'm smart with social media, but if I had more time, um, you know, I'd be putting questions out there. Like, what was your favorite Gen X thing? Do you remember when they made cassettes? And, you know, that like, that's what how our page should exist, essentially. Well, I think you know what the roadmap for 2022 is when we yeah. hit our stride at 30 episodes. I gotta hire somebody. Is what I gotta do. And, and you know funding. what? I am getting. I am getting. I'm, I'm, that's exactly like literally top of the list is uh, business loans and funding. So oh, it's time. Wow. It's time. It's time to legitimize a bunch of stuff and be smart about it, Nick. And you know that wraps up into like 
stocks and and being smart with your money. And I want to I want to thank you also for encouraging me to to spend what little I have in the market. So thank you so, for that. So that I could tank on you. Yeah. So, so stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We're going to talk about our favorite uh, things that we've talked about this entire year so far. I don't even remember when our first episode was, but uh, listen to our, our sponsor and we'll do a little Crypto Corner. Crypto Corner. <laughs> Everything's falling apart. <laughs> Are you a geek? Do you like naming things? My name is Scott Rubin, and I wrote the ultimate guide for geeks to name anything. Whether you're naming kids, your pets, your car, your Wi-Fi network, or your role-playing game characters. Naming Your Little Geek has almost 1,100 name entries, and I tell you where the name came from, if it's a real name, or if it's a fictional name, all of the characters who have had that name, and I reference over 4,400 characters from science fiction, fantasy, comic books, movies, TV shows, cartoons, you name it, it's all in there. And it ranges from normal sounding names like Scott or Jessica to really off the wall bizarre ones from all of our favorite fantasy and sci-fi properties. You can pick up a copy of Naming Your Little Geek at bubblesandthingssoaps.com and check out all the other cool items there. Some really neat soaps. Naming Your Little Geek is also sold everywhere books are sold online and you can even find it in some physical bookstores if you're a person who shops in physical stores these days. Nicholas, Nick, 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 Jessica. <gasps> it it is weird to say my full name. It's weird. Jess, mm-hmm. Jessica, Jessica, Jessica. Jessica. So, if you can think back on the many times we've talked now, I think we've talked enough on this podcast where the, the, we've forgotten what we talked about. Wouldn't you say? Oh, I have no idea. But I don't think I had any idea while we were talking about it either. So it's definitely par for the course. It's I I do not feel like we're breaking the mold right now. <laughs> but is there anything you can remember learning about this with regards to this year and what we talked about or anything that you've absorbed o- over the over the, the course well, of I'm our episode? I'll tell episodes? you something that was that's been very surprising for me. Yeah, I'm so excited. I have gained more respect for millennials over this period of time. Wow. It's true. I've gained more of an appreciation and a respect for what the, what your generation uh did and uh um and 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 ha- was a part of the you know, the evolving consciousness of of not only America, but I guess the entire world. Yeah. Sure. So first of all, I think that speaks to one of my favorite qualities of yours, which is your inquisitive and open nature in general. You you even cop to this right away that your your knee-jerk reaction to millennials is that we're spoiled. That was the first thing you said about us when, when we <laughs> did – um, cl- uh, what was it? Uh, collaborate and listen? No, uh, calibrate. Stop, yeah. 
stop Calibrate. and listen. That mm-hmm. was the first thing you said is that we're spoiled. But yeah. you recognized then in that moment that that was some sort of conditioning you had. Uh-huh. Yeah. And observation. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair. Fair. And you know what? I don't think I did anything to help that. <laughs> for us, for, for the length of time that we've known each other, I could easily fall into that category. <laughs> Look, let's not, get, let's not get me wrong here. I have gained a new appreciation and a mm. newfound understanding. But I still think uh, millennials are spoiled. Okay, can you can you can you quantify that for me? Uh, what do you mean uh, spoiled? Let's like. Um, what do I, I mean? I know we talked about it before, before. But if you're saying we're still spoiled, what is it that we feel like we're entitled to? Maybe. Well, you know. Okay. What are you? That okay? Once you phrase it that way, what do you think we are entitled to? Uh, what's the right way of what's the right way of putting this? Uh, I think something that that you that your way of thinking is the best way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And is that just your observation based off like interactions you've had with people? Yeah, interactions, and then maybe just general general uh things that i've you know seen attributed to millennial philosophies and points of view you're grabbing your head as though this is painful but i know that i'm not discounting your experience i'm just curious where this no, sum of i'm trying to get it specific because it's a little i know but that's I'm, my obviously my it's like what okay let me try to get this right you know i think a lot of like you know, sort of, they're all, they all end up being good things. They're like, that is what I've come around to, right? Uh huh. So, uh-huh. so like, you know, like a, um, you know, like being triggered and that word becoming so more mainstream and trigger warnings and all that stuff. It's really good. It's important. And at the same time, it feels mm-hmm. a little bit like, it feels a little bit like li- overkill. It feels a little overkill. It also feels a little limited in its scope of understanding. It's like a bit too black and white. Um, it also doesn't give people a lot of credit as well. But mm. it's but at the same time, it's also very important to have <laughs> the awareness around it. Yeah, have the awareness around it, and 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 to and to talk about trauma and to and to get that in the forefront. You know, I mean, I think we've talked about this before. It's always like a pendulum swing for me. Is how I view it. So. When you swing to one side, it's just a pretty hard swing, and it just it takes a while to gotta swing the other side and balance itself out. Um, so that's that's one example. Um, and just so you know, I I agree. I I feel very similarly. While I'm grateful that I can have a conversation with somebody, I'd be like, oh, that's triggering or whatever. Someone was doing that to me on Thanksgiving, who's just a little bit older than me. And she comes like, that's a triggering subject for me. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> Jesus. And and obviously it's someone that I love. And but it but it felt like it was it's hard not to to feel like there's sarcasm behind it or it's a little too much of a cop-out sometimes. But at the same time, that shared language, we're growing. You're totally right. I, I disagree with the pendulum swing of it all, too. That's all. Yeah. So I mean, so 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 stuff like and there there does sometimes seem to be like 
and I think this happens with a lot of young people. I'm sure it definitely happened with me as a human being, too. And, of course, millennials aren't young anymore. <laughs> We're old. We're getting annoying. older. We're so old. <laughs> Uh, but the thought of like, oh, the thing that I'm thinking is the correct thing and y'all are a bunch of idiots. Um, I do feel sometimes that uh, though some of the thinking may be, you know, the next evolution of, you know, like, like you know, having more awareness around trauma and, and, and stuff like that, though it is very positive, sometimes I don't feel that that, that it's also going, well, well, what else is there to think about? Or what was it like for you? What was it like when you were for Gen X? Right. What was it like as a boomer? What was that like? Oh, let me take a second and go, yeah, there's some, you know, there's some comparisons, pros and cons. There's a lot of like, nope, this is what's right, and you're wrong. Yes. You know, that that's spoiled. That's a little spoiled and entitled to me. Totally. Um so whereas you gained respect for millennials to some extent, I've lost respect for us. I think we suck. Oh, no. <laughs> I think we <laughs> suck, man. I think, like, I'm annoyed to be one. <laughs> and, and, you know, I think, <laughs> I think the thing I was struggling off uh, with off the bat was, like, the age thing or the lack of relevance thing. Do you know what I mean? It literally was like, okay, they're saying I can't wear these jeans. And I know we've talked about this or whatever. But it did make me question, like, where did I fall off of the trend wheel? You know? So that, that mm-hmm. was like the first way I was like coming to grips with it. But then when I started seeing all these opinions that they were being attributed to me because of the age group that I'm in. It very, left a very bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm in a war with Gen Z that I didn't care to be in. And it's really just for engagement or mm-hmm. what have you. And, you know, I, th- I think everyone comes to terms with aging in their own ways. I think if we were living in a mountain town that wasn't LA, it would matter a little bit less. You know? But I do see... The veil of youth and beauty and, you know, no longer am I that young, youngest, cutest girl. And so there's like some of that that's like, oh, that sucks. Or or just like coming to terms with that, right? Like, like I, it's, it's understandable why women come to understand what their worth is in their 30s is because their worth no longer is just sex and cuteness. Mm-hmm. There is some direct correlation to that, wouldn't you say? Like, if we boil it down to like a lot of you know su- not superstition fucking not subjectivity not subjectivity there's a uh, subconscious the stereotypes super califragilistic oh. <laughs> <laughs> my internet broke up in there so i'm sorry i couldn't help you i know you went on a you went, it, went on a word find it was great <laughs> it was an enjoyable situation for me to get a, a stereotypically women are only concerned with their looks or only valuable based on their looks and 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 still Hollywood is symptomatic of that right and we're both trying to be in that business to some extent and sure well definitely in Hollywood I mean and and hopefully changes can be made people are trying um, but I think but I don't but I think on a sort of more evolved level of thinking I don't think that's totally true. I don't want to be hanging out with a guy that's only interested in a girl, you know, because of how much she works out. And to be fair, I'm not going to attract that guy. So, you know, 
we we all I think evolving though. I'm glad you said that word because I think in general the people that I choose to surround myself with are ones who are very open to evolution of the self and of like their surroundings and of their people. Uh, I have a question based off of that for you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to have an answer, but I'm curious what your take is on it. Do you think people can change? Yeah. I mean, it just depends on what you mean by change, right? Yeah. And I, so I'm at, like, qualify that. Well, I think I should ask you to qualify it since you're asking the question, but no. Um, I, I wish people could see my face. Yeah. <laughs> they can. Yeah, they, they can. They know. They, they can see it. <laughs> They're making it too. Yeah. So people, I think there is a sort of inherent or maybe very habitual personality that is very hard to change. Um, And so like the essence of somebody is probably difficult to change. But what a person does, how they choose to act based on uh, where their starting point is, that can change. Um, neural pathways in people's brains and how, what their habits are, that can change. Yeah. You know, you can you can change the sort of, you know, aura that surrounds you or the, mm. you know, the, the vibe that you have by, you know, by working. You, you know, it takes conscious effort in order to do it. Um, but yeah, I think all of that is changeable. But I think you're sort of like, I do think there is an aspect of you that is just who you are. Um, yeah. But I think that part of you that's just who you are, like, I don't think that part ever really needs to change. Um, and I think, you know, I think sometimes it's hard to figure out, well, which, which is which? You know, yes. which, is the, which is the part of me that should change or should evolve and grow and which is the part of me that I should accept as uh, my true self. But I think that is just a process that, to me, that's part of life. That's If you're not continuing on that path of going, of stripping away all the, all the bullshit to understand your sort of true self better and to, you know, improve upon um, other aspects of yourself, maybe you're not, um, maybe you're not, totally fulfilling life's purpose anyways which which is to which i think is is to expand in your consciousness and like to me that what is life what's the purpose of life i think the purpose of life is to is to live and to grow it's like a flower you're a flower you know what i mean you gotta bloom oh my god you got to bloom that's consciousness opening itself up to the sun you know what i mean <sighs> totally. Yeah. Totally. These, these words are so eloquent. So no, eloquent. they're so perfect. They're I, so <laughs> No, I, it's exactly I I don't think I think you're helping me qual, qual, quantify something I've been wrapping my head around cuz like I could claim that I've changed in a lot of different ways, but I can also claim that like a like an eternal source of me hasn't and then like wanting to change from other people um what can I expect them to change or at what, at, at what rate will they, or what have you, you know? Um, but I think you're right. Like ultimately the expression of how you choose to move through life 
can can be changed. Yes, a hundred percent. But if you think you're if you think you're going to change somebody, that you're that's not going to happen. That I understand. That I understand ad nauseum. Because because a lot of what you want to change is probably not changeable. <laughs> that <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're yeah. you're probably wanting to change the aspect of them. That that it you know that is not that they just probably can't you, you just can't do anything with even though it's like the symptom is some behavior that you're like well that behavior should be able to change yes totally um, would that then mean have you ever heard the philosophy that you sh- you don't really truly love someone fully unless you're okay with however they move through the world like like if they want to leave you then you can still love them for that. You yeah, that's, that? that's, well, that's unconditional love. Do you think that's possible with someone that's not your blood? I do think it's possible, but it's it's not easy. I don't think it just is like this thing that happens. You have to make the choice over and over again. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to like experience the pain uh, and the uh, emotional roller coaster of it. It's not, it's, it's that's a... That's not what it means necessarily. No, no. I mean, maybe you get to that Zen, that Zen enlightened place where, like, I have no attachment to anything. <laughs> but it's just not really possible because at that point you're not actually engaging in life. Yeah, we, we said this before. Like, if you see, you know, the, at some point the Buddha's got to come off the mountain. If you see a Buddha walking down the street, shoot, shoot him. him. <laughs> right. So no, it's, that- it's such a it's such a jarring statement, but it's so good. It's so good. Right, because the purpose of life is to live life, right? And so, if you're not, you you can't, you don't want to get away from those those gut wrenching feelings of loss. Um, it's life, right? But you can go, and I know what I'm losing, but I love this person unconditionally, and if this is what's right for them, I will accept it. Yeah, totally. I mean, and I think that goes hand in hand with so many different things in life, like just the ability to surrender. Cause yeah, I think the way I had read that at the time was like, be happy for them. Like how the fuck am I supposed to be happy? <laughs> how am I supposed to be happy? And then let alone for them. Um, but not that you can't, it's a really interesting blend being in this life and being alive. I have found it's an, an interesting and challenging blend of Making things happen and surrendering at the same time. Moving towards you the life up a I want. Bit. Say it again. Oh yeah. Moving towards. Um, it's it's a, it's an interesting and delicate balance between um, making things happen and surrendering, surrendering, or mm-hmm. like moving towards a goal, but also trusting. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's but that's the key. But yeah. Yeah, and it's it's it's. You know, I, I would say personally, I do a good job of not letting anxiety take over too much. Maybe depression takes over sometimes, like drives the, you know, drives the bus sometimes. But I think I do a pretty good job of staying in the moment. But then I wonder if I was a little bit more anxiety or a little bit acted out of fear a little bit more, would I be more hungry, more successful or what have you? Do you, do you think that we are where we're supposed to be at this moment? Do you believe in that philosophy? Well, how could you be anywhere else? Oh, good. What if I worked harder and got somewhere else? Well, then, I don't know. Maybe, uh, I, I, you, uh, how do you know? I don't know. 
how how could you be anywhere how could you supposed to be anywhere than you already are because look at the word supposed to be right you're you, how could you supposed to be anywhere else when this is where you are so it's just very tricky i mean i get it you can look at like oh if i took this action that would have created this yada yada but were you supposed to be there i don't know just because you thought you should, just because you thought you wanted right. to be there. When you use yeah. the phrase "supposed to be," you're always right where you're supposed to be. Because how could you be anywhere else? How could you be? Huh? You can daydream about the possibility of alternate outcomes or whatever, but where are you supposed to be? Where you are, essentially. Yeah, uh, I'm understanding it in a different way, Nick. Yes. I get it. I actually do get it. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, a little bit tricky. It um, is tricky. It is tricky. And and it is funny, like little epiphanies will show up in life and then you're like, no, wait, I had it. And it's gone again. <laughs> I wanted to look up the definition to see if there was any enlightenment in that, but I think maybe it makes it more cloudy. Uh, supposed generally assumed or believed to be the case, but not necessarily so. Hmm. I might cloud it a little bit, but I think you got it. Just, well, you definitely don't need to have the supposed when you're talking about you are supposed like you're here. You are here. It's supposed to be it's what you feel like you should have. Like you take the supposed out of it. It's like be here now, whatever. What? Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Sorry, sorry, I'm just going down a rabbit hole. It's um, great, it's great. I love your brain on this stuff. But For yeah, our you listeners, know, so he's itching his hairy chest. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually my neural center. Is that? <laughs> Am I objectifying you? <laughs> this is where all my thought comes from. Is... Oh yeah, yeah, and and you know what? We can hear it. Just as you touch. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's you know I think that's a good it's a good reminder anytime you go down that rabbit hole of like oh well if I would have done this or if I would have done that. Um, oh, you're right where you're supposed to be, and you know there's no other there's no other way around it, and why so why go down that road? Yeah. Um. Yeah, your thoughts about what you think should have happened or what you think are going to happen are kind of irrelevant. They're cool, you know, if you want to live in them for a while and you want to explore them and go like, hey, I, you know, learn from them, sure. Hey, I thought this was going to happen, but it didn't. Mm -hmm. I made these choices in my life and they yielded this result. I thought it I think was it's good. the same I think it's the same conversation as uncon unconditional love though too. Uh-huh. Right? Is the ability to be like, "Ooh, I could have you know, been on vacation this week. I should have been, but then the flight got canceled or whatever." And how do you learn to accept that this is the new future? Mm -hmm. Or learn to accept that this death in their family or whatever has changed how you thought Christmas was going to go or what have you. Um, it's the same as, oh, this person that I love, I expected this to happen. 
But it's kind of silly to expect something in the first place. Well, expectations, you know, I think, I, I, expectations I think generally are helpful because they, you know, it's good to kind of like imagine an outcome that you desire. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, is when you, like is when you hold, is when you hold on to it mm. and don't, re, uh, don't acknowledge that it was an illusion to begin with. It was all made up in your head. So it, is that so something ex- you struggle with in general or is, is that just, something I, did I you used it, to struggle with it? And then just, cause I know you hit a couple of enlightenment, you know, strides in your life. Cause you understand uh, it very well. That's my curiosity. Well, I used to, I mean, I used to, I used to teach it for, um, when I was a life coach, mm-hmm. um, you're so cool. How to how to go after your goals? How to have expectations? <laughs> go after your goals, but don't attach to them. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's through a lot. Of, maybe it's through a lot of unmet expectations in my own life. I don't know. Um, you know, maybe just just a lot of pondering on on the subject, um, and some you know, and definitely some research. But but you know my and you know tapping into my own experience certainly i had a lot of expectations my life currently is not what i expected it to be um you know when i chose to 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 for acting to be my career path mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you know what's interesting even that word i don't even know if that word fits i don't know that i expected my life to be anything actually honestly i dreamed my life would have been a certain way and was like, Ooh, let's do that. But I don't think I actually ever expected it to be that way. Um, so you were striving for a potential outcome that's not unimaginable or impossible. No. And that's part of the driving factor, right? It's like, Oh, there are multiple ways that this can go. But, but I do think that that is a personality that you're born with too, whether you're an optimist or a pessimist or a realist or whatever, you know, a realist may not ever jump into this career. Totally. I mean, and that's totally possible. And I may just be somebody who's always was like open to out- several outcomes. Because I kn- I didn't come to this going, I expect to be famous or I expect to just do movies. I came and going, boy, that would be really nice. And well, knowing that you will be fine either way, too. Yes. Like, ultimately... Something about, I think that's been an interesting realization for me. The more and more independent I become and the less and less I have a safety net of, oh, at least uncle's got money or at least my parents will help me. You know, the the onset of fear that can happen when I'm like, you are, you kind of figure this out by yourself or so, so feeling comfortable but also when i feel comfortable that's a double-edged sword for me because then i less i'm less likely to push and try new things and work hard yeah it's tricky so you got to find ways to motivate yourself and other ways have you noticed that basically i just come to our podcast and talk about my problems and expect you to fix them (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding i'm just kidding that's not true. You, what you do is you self-disclose so that you can provide an opportunity for us to have a conversation that is helpful for those out there listening. <gasps> You're 
so nice and right. <laughs> I actually really like, yes, I, I do like that. My brother did the sweetest thing the other day. We were talking about something hard and I was kind of sad and, and he goes, well, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm actively trying to not give you advice because you haven't asked me if you want it. <laughs> and it was so sweet because when we talk, when I talk to him, I want his advice. And we're similar people in that we will give unasked for advice often to people that we love because we want them to do the best. And I think what has happened with him, which was something that happened to me sooner than him, he got enough feedback that, hey, man, I'm just fucking trying to talk. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I'm not looking for the feedback, man. So it was the first time he had ever literally thoughtfully was like almost asking me, do you want that? Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was interesting. Because I'm better at doing that too. I, I will, I, I tends to be that I will apologize after the fact of giving people advice that they didn't want. Be like, hey, you didn't ask for that. Apologies. It's there. Use it if you want it. <laughs> I said it, you know, it's still, it's still a scapegoat, but, um, it was, it was, it was really, that was really evolved of him. It was really cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's funny when you think about advice, it feels like it, you're like, oh, I'm just trying to be helpful, but actually you're just trying to serve yourself. Of like, yeah. You, you, there's like a lot of confirmation bias. There's a lot of, uh, you know, advice very rarely d- comes, can, can very rarely come from a place of, I, oh, I already been through this. So let me just regurgitate that experience. Um, you also have no idea what the outcome is going to be. Uh, and, and, you know, I know that when I'm talking to somebody about how I'm feeling in hopes that they will glean something from it, I'm more just trying to fucking remind myself of that lesson than mm-hmm. anything, yeah. than, than, than anything. You can have a productive advice sesh when you've asked to just listen to that person and ask them how they're feeling about things. I think that's the better one of the better ways to it, it all depends on who you're talking to and how both people like to interact with the world anyway nick we, i don't like millennials i don't like being a millennial you like us a little bit better i still think gen xers are way up their own butts about being older that's how i feel about that I wait think, wait wait what you gotta unpack that slightly gen i don't have are, to yeah gen xers are up their butt about what being cool gen xers are just have this sense of self where it's like you guys over here are fighting and I'm just over here worried about my hate tracks. And it's like, <laughs> guys, we get it. We friggin' get that you guys were cool. But like they're also sad that they're not relevant. And so they like keep on p- reminding us, like, I don't even know. I remember not growing up without a cell phone. You know what I mean? Like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I hear that. I hear that envy in your tone. I, you just want to be a part of a generation that is known for being badass. I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be part of the glib generation, but, <laughs> but I was raised by an extremely analog father. And so I do feel like I relate with so much of the Gen X community, but until they are until they just start talking about being God's gift to green earth. I I don't know. You guys are above it all. You got to understand that we are the key to human salvation in the future because <laughs> we will be the last to know what it's like to live an analog life. 
Right. It's important. It's an important piece. It's, that, it's an important <laughs> role that we play. I know what it's like to live an analog life. You kind of do. I do. We're supposed to be better than you guys because we know how to adapt to both. No, you don't. Yes, we you do. You got we... your head so far up technology. You got no understanding. You're not wrong. All I do, I literally like lay down, look at my phone or or play video games while the TV is playing. <laughs> it's like, it's all I do. <laughs> it's really sad. <laughs> I mean, if you don't know the if you don't know the experience of what it's like to like set up plans to meet up with somebody and have no way of knowing whether they're actually going to show up or not, but you just trust that they do and you're there. And if they're not there, you don't know how to get a hold of them. Maybe you can call their house on a payphone. Like if you don't know that that feeling is very hard to describe. You know what I mean? And and, and I think there's something about that where you just like. You have a different relationship with the world a little bit, like you trust a little bit more, or you you willing to. I don't know. There's something about that particular experience that I think is very defining. I would agree, and it probably does not help the millennial uh, viewpoint that everything that we think is correct because we we get instant gratification on someone's response right away. Yeah, it probably is not helpful. I mean, what's the most saddest thing about the sort of connected world that we live in is that it's very hard to get lost, um, to disconnect. But when life was, that was what life was, when you could just be lost in a way of like, you know, you could roam through the world without feeling like the pull of people on you or the pull of responsibility. Um, it's just such a different, it's just such a different experience that I don't know that the majority of people will ever have again. And I will tell you the loss of that, whether we knew it or not, or experienced it or not, it's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. It's but, it's totally but there's like seven people in my life who I could spend all the time talking to or hanging out with and they would not exhaust me. And I think you're like one of them now. Oh, I've cracked the, your, your top seven. I, th- I think it's been that way for a while, but I think like we could hang out and I wouldn't get exhausted. You know how some people just zap the fucking shit out of you. And that's mm. okay because you're mm-hmm. supposed to see people and hang out with them. There are some people that would be like, no, nah, I could lose seven days. I, I, you know, I basically was at our mutual friend Laurie's house for a week and a half and it was fine. I was ready to go home and hang out with my cats. That's different. Like I miss my space. But some people, I think it's easy. it's easy to be around you and I'm grateful for that. Oh, cool. Well, you're you're pretty easy peasy yourself. Great. Crypto corner. Are we there? (laughs) I think it's crypto corner. Let's see if anything else to talk about. Well, there's nothing easy peasy about crypto coin. I know. What the heck is happening? I don't know. But what I, I can tell you what I can just tell you what literally is happening. I don't know why. Okay. Any of it's happening. But we're on a we're on a slow, steady decline. Yeah. But it's fascinating because as we've hopefully as we've learned in this 2021, that could change in the next hour 
<laughs> you know, it could suddenly shoot up in the next hour. Uh, I don't, I don't, I, I, based on the observations that I've had, it doesn't feel like it's going to happen that quickly. I feel like, I feels like there's more room to, to drop. Um, oh, I think it will just based off of the trend. You think so? I think tell so. Me your, tell me your analysis. My no, okay. Listen, my my um, observation, Nicholas, is mm-hmm. that a lot of people think crypto is is insider trading and fucking bullshit. It's a pyramid scheme. A lot of people feel that way. And I know mm-hmm. you and I have talked about the um, technology of it all. A lot of people, and I know we're not trading NFTs, but a lot of people think NFTs are are trash. The idea of it is trash. Um, mm-hmm. When you say a lot of people, where where are you getting? Like, I would you- say when it comes up in converse, you know, uh, being in a bubble aside and being on the internet aside, when it comes up and or it crosses and or it crosses my feed, there's like there's like spaces on Twitter now where there's a bunch of people talking about um, NFTs and like how to invest and and like when you listen in on those conversations and sometimes I do a little bit. You know, there's really knowledgeable people talking about what NFTs mean for them and how they trade, etc. But then, like, Stan Lee released an NFT or is about to, even though he's dead. And people are like, this is fucking insane. This is so dumb. And then when I talk about it with friends, they really think it's not. And they, I'm not talking about dumb friends. I'm talking about, I have some dumb friends. I'm talking <laughs> about smart friends who think it's really stupid. And is that possibly contributing to what's happening uh no there's no way that your friends that you're talking to have any effect the the culture around it i i think i think what they are the reason they feel the way they do is that they're in different internet bubbles that make them think that nfts and and blockchains are a joke um yeah look i you look i i think there's probably um there's some validity to those arguments. I mean, one being that there's there's so many different cryptos out there that there are plenty of them that are garbage and are just are straight Ponzi schemes or whatever you want to. Call yeah, it. Ponzi schemes. That's right. Um, without a doubt, that exists. Um, and yeah, NFTs. It's like this. What the? What is this world? We don't really understand it. Like, why would somebody pay that much money? This is so dumb. Yeah, I get it. It is in some regards, but um, but you're also missing out on on. I think what this you got to think about this in the in the future. Like, where is where is this world headed? You know, we're, it's headed more towards a digital environment than it than it than it isn't. You know what yes, I mean? Yes. Yes. Totally. So what does that digital world look like? Um, Facebook just changed their name to Meta. Mm-hmm. The Metaverse is a fucking thing. <laughs> okay, we don't know much about it because it's not. We're not quite there yet. The technology isn't quite there yet. But we already know you can pop on these these goggles, you know, and step into the Ready Player One movie. Um, but you know, you <sighs> pop on these goggles and you have this sort of you know experience in there. What if that experience connects to the other person wearing goggles and the other person wearing goggles and you have this whole sort of digital world that you can engage in? And you can get your own digital space within this digital framework. 
And that digital space can be viewed by somebody else in their digital space. And they see in your digital space, you got some cool ass NFT shit. You got some art, cool ass artwork in your digital space. Um, you start to go like, oh, wait, this could be a thing. We have, it, it's not that hard to see. We have the technology right now. All it needs to do is become more advanced and more interconnected, right? Um, it's that the augmented reality and the virtual reality world, you think of it like Atari when Atari came out. And I bet you're sitting there going, when you're playing Pong on Atari, you're like, you're going to tell me one day I'm going to, you know, run around, you know, like what, what is the, how these games people play? I'm going <laughs> to call of duty. I'm going to run around with a gun and, you know, and shoot people. Uh, or I'm going to, you know games. You tell, you throw games. <laughs> I didn't want I'm to help of, you. I'm out of my element. I'm sort of like Grand Theft Auto, like these sort of like Gen X actually style games in some ways. Yeah. Um, oh, totally, totally. Um, but you know what I mean. Like the advancement in, in video games is just a great example of how far things can travel, right? And probably people will like this is dumb. Why would anyone want this? Why would anyone want an arcade in their house? Stupid. Just go to the arcade. So dumb. Why would anyone want to buy books online? Just go to the store. So dumb. Why would anyone want to buy a digital imprint of something that only has one copy and I own it outright and there's, an, there's a log on it that's incredibly secure on this blockchain? So dumb. <laughs> you know what when, I mean? So here's, I think, I wonder how much people are pu pushing against it because it's actually more fear-based I am afraid of living in a world that is virtual and that's how I interact with people, even though it is what it is right now. Yeah, it's totally, I mean, it, it totally makes sense that, you know, people's own bias and prejudice is like, I don't want that to be my reality. Therefore, it's garbage, certainly. Yeah, but I can totally see hanging an NFT art and people going, oh, shit, you have that? And they're hanging out in my virtual lab, you know? Mm-hmm. And you want to make your virtual lab fucking cool. I totally get it. I, I do get it. I'm I'm reluctant in my own ways uh, for that future. But it's also I'm older, too. And that world is not going to be built for me. I mean, look, if you told somebody in the 90s. How about this? Somebody told somebody in the 90s that you'll spend 10 hours a day on your phone. They'd be like, fuck you. Yeah. No, I'm not going to spend 10 hours of my life on a phone. That's what's happening. That's what my log is, 10 hours a day. When you think of it that way, is it sad that the, my most intimate relationship is with a phone? <laughs> yes, it is. It's how sad. Do you, how do you break apart from that, Nick? I don't know. Because, like, I'm also doing my laundry with my phone. Like, I do things on my phone. You do everything on your phone. I do everything on my phone. So how am I supposed to stop? You, you just stop doing everything. Because it, it, oh, it is sad. It is sad. It, like, there's so much. I look at my phone. I go to sleep with my phone. I wake up with my phone. I look at my phone. I look at porn on my phone. I have a relationship with the fucking item. It's weird. Mm -hmm. It's upsetting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is. You know what you do is you you just you get a flip phone. 
<laughs> just for those who can't see, she's, she's tapping her head and a little bit anxious, but thinking like, oh, I guess that is an option. But I could never fucking do that. <laughs> it's probably not a bad idea at all. <laughs> That's how you do it. Yeah, it is how you do it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I do. Maybe I do that. You know, you would still need uh, your computer to go to, right? Yeah, Sometimes. and I would still have, you could still have Instagram on your phone or on your computer and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Doing my laundry will be a little hard, but I guess I'm going to have to find quarters somewhere. Or oh, I could have a. Because your laundry machines, you take automated Apple Pay? now. Oh no, they goodness. take, they have the, I know. And uh, it's actually very annoying because there's no reception down there. <laughs> <laughs> it's very bad it's a very bad situation but when you know there was a quarter site shortage during the, the pandemic it only it was only made sense to automate it in that way so mm. now they just need a fucking router down there so dumb so dumb i mean i do i do i don't know if pride myself is the right word but i do like that i know as much as i do about technology i can have a competent conversation with people i know how things work i you know i was having a conversation with someone about designing streams and using this broadcast system in order to do that obs and you know sometimes i look at it like oh it's such a fucking pain in the ass to do this but but if you look at it the right way it's like a canvas if you want it to be i can make and design streams the way that i want them to be and it's a different way to express myself. So you can be like I and I have technological capability of being able to accomplish that. That's I'm proud of that. Um, I guess I. What does it all mean, Nick? I thought this, you said the crypto was going to go up this quarter. Yeah. I invested in everything you said uh, I should. <laughs> I've lost ten dollars while sitting here. As as we know. This is not financial advice. We're not financial <laughs> advisors. This is purely for entertainment. And and I'm having a good laugh at watching all your hard-earned cash <laughs> dwindle down. But here's the thing, Jess. You don't lose it until you sell it. Okay? Ah. You haven't lost anything. The value of what you own has gone down. Aha. Um, but you still own it. Um, now, look. This is crypto. If you can't if you can't ride the ride, don't get on, okay? This is what it does. Is there anything different than all year long than to see this roller coaster ride that we've seen? It's not. It's not any different. But you know what's no. gen you know what's generally happened? It's, it's gone, gone up. up. So if you want to be this short-term trader, yeah, you just lost money. But you didn't put that money in to be a short-term trader. You put that money in to check back in five years. I think you're missing your calling, Nick. <laughs> I think you need to go on the road and talk people into crypto. I really do. With your charisma and your semi amount of knowledge. <laughs> my, my my speck of knowledge on the it's topic. It's just enough to fucking Ponzi scheme us. You just you don't look i got this new nick coin all right? no that's it's... the best point is you don't have a coin you just <laughs> the money you make is by selling out seminars <laughs> where i give you like the just just basically a sales pitch 
about something I know very little about. 100%. And you give them 0.0000001 Bitcoin just for signing up. And and they, just look at the profit that they can make in 10 years. They've already made a profit by signing up. I'm creating a business model as we speak right now. You got me to jump $700 into Bitcoin into coins and it's gone (laughs) 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 just kidding (laughs) she's not she's crying she's crying crying I'm crying (laughs) so dumb um yeah yeah you know it's hard to say what what's going on right now I think everybody's you know and I haven't because I was prepping that that film I shot last week yes 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 I really haven't had time to to pay much attention to like understand why we might be seeing seeing uh what we're seeing but definitely this is not expected i do think generally across the board people are expecting a really positive fourth quarter so it is a little bit you know eye-opening to see that it's that that that's not what's happening now again it just depends on like if you believe in the technology if you're here for the long term and if you are you look at this and you go and you see dollar signs. You go, yes, holy shit. That thing that I could have bought a couple of weeks ago for is, is at half price right now. Um, now you have to, again, you have to believe in this stuff long term and, you know, you know, you got to be thinking about that. But this sort of ebb and flow is is what crypto does. Um, it swings very wild, uh, wildly. So. There could be like, it could be in a month from now, you're going, fuck, I wish I would have bought. Because this is the dip, but it's just a prolonged dip. Is it really that prolonged? It's been a month. It's been a month. You're, you're right. Where was it? Where, let me, I'm looking at the thing know. right now. I don't know. I think I've been. I On think December I've... 3rd, we were at 56,000. On November 15th, we were at 65,000, 66,000. It's not too bad. Uh, I mean, it's a drop, but it's not like yeah, the, so, the, the market hasn't crashed yet. Um, no, this is definitely not a crash. This is a month later. And what? so was that? So it's dropped. Let's just say it's dropped 20,000. So it's a 30, about a 30% drop. That is normal. That's That's crypto. That's, that shit happens all the time. Yeah. You know, so I think what people are afraid of right now is uh, the long winter. Um, okay. And the long winter is this. Every four years, there's a thing called uh, a halving where they reduce the val- the value or the amount that a miner gets for for validating a block in a blockchain. And what that does is it like it 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 increases the value of Bitcoin. It like shoots up, okay. And so you you can look at these charts over time, and you see these every four year cycles things happen. Well, there was a having in two, in twenty twenty in May, which started this bull run, and we're on that bull run. And what's happened in past cycles is after the big bull run, after the having it finds it drops and it finds this sort of kind of lower place and hangs out there for till the next having three years, Mm. three more years down the road. Whoa. You know, so people are constantly asking the question, 
are we, is that what's happening? Was 65,000 our, our top and now it's going to settle around 30,000 or wherever? Like it's never going to go back down to, not never, I shouldn't say never, but if you follow the patterns that it's done over its, court, over its life, it's probably not going to go all the way back down to where it was in 2020, which is under 10,000. Um, but we don't know where it's, you don't know where it's going to stop or settle. Okay. But it could, a lot of people in their projections don't believe the bull run is over. Okay. They, they believe that it still has, you know, more room to go on it. You know, and you can look at different people's, whatever their analysis or whatnot to, to see whether that's true or not. I will say there's a lot of people who thought we would end the year over a hundred K Wow. And it doesn't look like that's going to happen unless shit shoots up in the next two weeks. Yeah. I think that's going to happen. Um, so there's a lot of predictions. You know, I don't know where they get their information from, why they predicted that. Um, so so that is the question. To me, more than anything, that is what's causing the market to not bounce back up. There's a lot of reasons why it might fall. But but people then start to go, oh shit, is the is the cold <laughs> is winter coming? And they just like sell, uh, sell it, hold on to our money, mm-hmm. let's see what happens, look for a re-entry point, and get back in. So a lot of people are just being really safe. Um, if you're a long-term investor, there's really no reason to do that. You could, you could try to save some money, like like I, I, I have my Solana and Solana's dipping and, and Solana FYI, for those who don't know, had some, I think it crashed last week and apparently it wasn't their first time. So heads up, do your research on Solana before you invest in it. It could be on its way down or it could be just an, you know, uh, another bump in the road for developing your technology. Um, it's dropped somewhat considerably, but not any more so than anything else has. But there is a chance that it will continue to drop because of this recent crash of their technology. So, so there could be an argument like right now, I'm still very profitable on it. Mm-hmm. Like I've been thinking like, maybe I should sell this because there's a chance that this is just going to keep going down even if the rest of the market goes back up. Sure, sure. But if I do, so, and if I do sell it, I'll make, I'll, I'll clear some profit. And it'll, it'll be safe in cash. Um, and then if the market goes up, yeah, I'll, I'll have missed out on some opportunity there of, you know, from where I sold it to where it goes up. But I can always buy back in. And yeah, I missed a little bit of money. Right. I can always buy back in. Right. The, the downside to that is, is once I sell it, I then have to pay tax on it, on my profit. So I need to be mindful about that because it's... So there is there is downside to like selling and rebuying. Um, yeah, and- sure, totally. I think it's odd though that it can be taxed and it's still not protected from insider trading. I do think that's interesting to me, and I think that's what it makes the market so volatile. Too ultimately is that one tweet can send something soaring or vice versa. You know. Yeah. Well, I think you know. I'm going to see if I get my terminology right. It's a, it's a different classification. So crypto is classified as an asset. 
So it's taxed like an asset and treated like an asset. Whereas uh, stocks, I believe, are commodities, if I'm getting the word right. Ah, I and see. So, okay. So, so they are treated a different way and there's different laws surrounding them. So, but believe you me, the, <laughs> you know, it's high on the, on our government's list to figure out and possibly, you know, reclassify things. So as things develop, that's all going to evolve um, because they want to make sure that they get, they get their fair share. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so we'll see how, you know, Again, as we all, as we've said before, I don't have a lot of knowledge. All I got to choose that base level of like, here's the difference. If you want to know more, you got to go figure that out. But, um, but you're basically buying and selling an asset, and there's so it's got its own set of rules, and and it's not subject to insider trading. Got it. But someday it will be. I think it's yeah. But that again, they have to legitimize it in that way too. There's, there's a lot of steps that happen before. It's still. Do you remember that old? <laughs> I think of the, do I remember that old young. SNL that old SNL sketch called the the caveman lawyer? No, you don't remember caveman lawyer? I don't think I've maybe, uh, but I don't remember it. Uh, Is it Phil Hartman? Man lawyer, yeah, it's Phil Hartman. Oh, well, you remembered who it was? Well, that's very Phil Hartman. He liked, uh, yeah, he was good with the. Teeth. Well, I guess he also did Frankenstein. Um, yeah, he was caveman lawyer. I don't. He would always start his thing off like, I don't know what this thing is. I don't understand. It's this cup. You know. And then he would bring it home. That's what I think we're at with like crypto. Uh, I don't know what this thing is. Is it good? Will it last? Should we tax it? (laughs) You know? So (laughs) we're at that stage where everybody's like, I don't know what to think of this. But I tell you, you know, if you do your research and you're like, oh, I think this is a good thing. This is the stage you want to get in at. Because once everybody goes, ah, I know what this thing is. I know how, it fun- how it's going to work. And it's mainstream and everybody's in. So yeah. we, the takeaway I have for today is that the mom in Ready Player One didn't invest at the right time. Nope. And she, she uh, shackled them to p- poverty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> And now this poor kid has to jump into the metaverse to without having any cool things to put up in his in his basement. No. Yeah, no, he fucked. No. She fucked up. Mom said, "Nope, NFTs aren't going to be a big deal." <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good takeaway, Nick. It's a great takeaway. Don't you don't want to? I mean, we for those who saw Ready Player One, you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to live in the stack. Is that what they were called? The stacks. Yeah, I believe that's right. I, I, I haven't seen the book movie, but I read the book. Actually, I didn't read the book even. Uh, Will read Will Wheaton uh, reads it. And it's very good. The, the audiobook is very good. Mm. Um, to the point where I probably should give it a listen again. So in the new year, we're not gonna give up on crypto. We're gonna we're gonna store our nuts. And in the new year, my curiosity for you is as we close out our think our 29th episode, um, what are you looking forward to in 2022? What am I looking forward to? 2022. Aim low. Well, well, look, I. I don't think it's any secret now. I mean, you know this, but 
other people may not know this. Most people don't. I'm looking forward to another child. Oh, I'm so exciting. I can't tell. I couldn't tell anybody until right now. <laughs> you had me sworn to secrecy. <laughs> no, you could have told people know by now. Um, it's just this is this is public life here. But I what got else? it. It's happening, so people might as well uh, know about it. That's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to getting my fucking shit together. Cause yeah. <laughs> life is, if it wasn't hard enough as it is, is about to get real. Well, you know, when when shit gets real, the things that are not important drop off. They tend to, you know, doesn't mean there won't be important things going on, but the things that aren't meant to stay there don't stay there. Um. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's exciting, I, Nick. It's very exciting. I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to expansion of the family. I'm really happy that I was able to shoot a short film before then. Uh huh. Because I'm looking forward to you know nurturing that side of my career. Yeah, totally. Uh, and I'm looking forward to as many you don't know next, many hangouts with Jesses as I possibly can get. And and we've already you and I have already discussed this. Well, we will get as many as we can in. And when you're on your paternity leave, we it will still do the podcast, but in a different format where I might invite other people to come on and talk with me until your head is out of the clouds. Yeah, well, I sit over here with the baby being jealous that you're doing this with other people. Listen, I would rather do it with you, but I just have to accept the, the limitations of my partner sometimes. Oh, and there will be limitations. I under, I understood. I actually took it as a personal affront to our business venture when you told me that you guys were pregnant. Um, in 2022, <laughs> I'm looking forward to um, having better business acumen. Oh, I like this. I like it too. <laughs> It'll only benefit us and we can finally maybe start paying Jessica. Yes. Gosh, I feel so bad. You For know, saying she should do things that she's not doing. And if only she did them, we'd be more, more successful. I mean, it's just one of the things that that millennials really pushed for is that, like, you should pay your interns. I mean, uh-huh. Gen Xers and boomers were like, you're a fucking intern. Do your yeah. job and shut up. And you got to pay your interns. So it's good. It's going to help us. It's going to help us, you know, catch up with the times. I'm glad that you're not so old that you can see the benefit of that. Hmm. It's, you know, an internship. <laughs> it An internship when you are getting college credit, is fine to some extent. When mm-hmm. you're an adult, it's not. <laughs> then don't do it. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Um, I think you're an asshole, but I totally agree <laughs> with you. Uh, no, but thank you for being a, a, an extreme highlight of my year, Nick. In Not only in uh, doing this podcast with you, but with Heartbeats. And, and Oh, yeah. yeah. I know. Oh, my gosh. I know. We've had a full year together. We did a lot of shit. Is Jessica going to work on our intern, not you, going to work on a sort of like end of year compilation video? Nope, nope, nope. A year year in review, 2021 in review. Depends on how tired, how how much video games she wants to play next week. Mm, She's probably going to play... You know, the games I mentioned. Right? Those ones that you uh, referred to in extreme detail. 
and clarity. I think I, I think I got Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto, which is very good and relevant. Uh, you know, it, when in doubt, Minecraft is also really good, or Fortnite. Those are those are mm-hmm. mostly because I play them. To be fair, mm-hmm. well, someday, someday, maybe you can teach me how to play these games. Maybe I should watch your streams. But you want—it's too advanced for me, isn't it? No, I, 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 I don't want to corrupt you. You think I'm bad here? That's so bad. I do think, though, we should definitely have a video games. Uh, I know we talked a little bit about video games, but I can tell you what happens in video games now. I'm like horrible at video games. Just so that's you know. okay. I'm really bad. At Listen, them. I can be the man in this relationship. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's so sexist against my own sex. Uh, I was playing a video game recently, uh, and it's a toxic video game, and. You have to gather materials and you show up naked in the world and you have to build a fort and you kill a bunch of other people for, re, you know, resources. It's awful. And this guy is killing me and it's so sad. And, and there's also this mechanic in the game where the closer someone gets to you, you can actually hear their mic. So they can just talk to you even though you don't know this person, even though, you know, you didn't accept the DM or whatever. And I was like, guy, please don't kill me, please. Like, I just didn't, I just didn't want to die for like the seventeenth time. And he resed me, which you know, he he um, resurrected me. And he goes, oh my god, I didn't realize that girls play games. And I went, dude, <laughs> kill me, fucking kill. If you're gonna, <laughs> he goes, no, really. When a girl start playing games, I was like, please, I don't want to, I don't want to live like this. And then he hits me again to kill me and says, get back in the kitchen, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> It's really great. It's really great out there. Please don't let your child, your future children play video games. All right, Nick. All right, Jess. See you next year. Happy holidays. You too. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Okay, bye. Bye. That does it for this week, Nichols. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of You Don't Know Nick. There are many different ways you can support our podcast. One of them is going to youdon'tknownick.com and finding out all the different places you can listen to our show. You can also follow us on Good Pods, which is basically Instagram for podcasts. Not only can you follow your favorite shows, you can listen to them right there in the app. If you're interested in finding some You Don't Know Nick merch or Jessica Lynn Verde merch, go to subtlegeek.spreadshirt.com. And if you're not already, consider becoming a Patreon member. You can get exclusive swag and early access releases to episodes if we're able to get them to you in a timely manner. Go to patreon.com slash you don't know Nick. And if you haven't already, leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Nichols.